This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mel Kuyper's first NFL mock draft is out, and he has Washington selecting LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner. Good morning. Uh, You're going to hear Mel's explanation of why he has Daniels going number two overall coming up in about 15 minutes. And yes, he's got Caleb Williams going one overall to Chicago. Uh, Nate Davis covers the NFL for the USA Today. He'll he'll join us this morning at 11 a.m. Nikki Javala will be with us from the Washington Post at noon, I want to mention to everybody that on February 2nd at 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater, it's a combination of all of us at 980 and all of the guys at 1067 The Fan live on stage together for a night of discussion, debate, laughs, behind-the-scenes stories. And I really want all of you, or as many of you, that listen to this show and listen to this station to be there. Uh, You get tickets at BethesdaTheater.com. So go to BethesdaTheater.com, get your tickets. It's a Friday night, 8 p.m., really nice theater right there on Wisconsin Avenue in Bethesda. We'll be hanging out all night long. I will be there for the duration. All right, no show to get up for the next morning. Want to see all of you there. It'll be presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. Uh, Ron Rivera interviewed for the Philadelphia defensive coordinator position yesterday, according to a source in Nikki's story, along with Mark Maskey, in the post. Now, Philly also now has an offensive coordinator open, uh, opening. They fired Brian Johnson today, uh, their OC this past season. Second straight year, the Eagles will be in the market for a new OC and a new defensive coordinator. Remember last year, both got plucked to be head coaches after they got to the Super Bowl. This year, they're not getting plucked to be head coaches. They're just getting plucked. Um, or they're getting moved out uh, by the Eagles, lifted out of their positions because the team lost six of its last seven games, including getting blown out in the postseason uh, by Tampa Bay. And one of really the worst collapses we've seen in modern NFL history to go from 10-1 and to where Philadelphia ended up. It does look like, though, that Nick Sirianni is staying. So Sirianni and McCarthy both staying put 
in the division when it looked perhaps like a week ago like it might go differently. As far as Rivera goes, I'd bet if I had to wager that he does not get the job. I think if Rivera ends up coaching again, it might be more of of kind of a linebacker's coach with an associate head coach title attached to it, something like that. I'm not that interested in the future of Rivera. Um, The interest would be, from my standpoint, in what the motivation is for him to coach again. I think it's interesting, and I think it's a little bit telling. This is a little bit of projection on my part and hunch, but I my guess is it has something to do with how it ended here and him not wanting the lasting perception of him to be how it ended here. You know, he cares what people think. He cares probably too much about what all of us have thought all along. Maybe part of the issue over the last four years was him caring too much about how media people portrayed him or talked about him or picked apart his press conferences or how fans felt. I really hope the next head coach here has super thick skin. This is not a top five difficult media market from a sports standpoint, even though the football team in town is definitely the number one story and gets picked apart more than any other team. But it's not a mean-spirited or super difficult media market. But we've had now three coaches in a row in particular, in Rivera, Jay Gruden, and Mike Shanahan, who have all perceived the media and the market to be too tough. I want the next coach to have some thick skin and not give two craps about what any of us or any of you think about the job they are doing. Uh, No update, really, on the coaching uh, search from yesterday. Nikki Javala, again, from the Washington Post at noon, and we'll go through the latest uh, with Nikki uh, at that point. Um, All right, so last night there were some performances in the NBA, in the association. I know how much so many of you love it. This was Joel Embiid last night for the Sixers setting a franchise record, which includes, by the way, don't forget, Wilt Chamberlain, who played in Philadelphia. Chance at 70. Embiid. How about that? Joel Embiid last night, 70 points in 37 minutes of play. It it breaks Chamberlain's all-time 76ers mark of 68 points. He finished with 70 points, 18 rebounds, 5 assists. That is a stat line that's never happened, uh, having 70, 18, and at least 5 in an NBA game before, um, according to ESPN stats uh, and information. He went 24 of 41 from the field, 21 of 23 from the foul line uh, in the game. Uh, He made one three-pointer, had one turnover, and he handled the ball a lot, along with a block shot and a steal uh, in that game last night. I saw this stat that he becomes the third center in NBA history to have gone for 70 or more points in a game. 
Uh, most of the highest scoring games in NBA history were not by centers with the exception of one. David Robinson went for 71 uh, in a game uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Embiid now has 70. Wilt Chamberlain went for 70 or more six times. Six, including, of course, the all-time scoring mark of 100 back in 1962. Um, Embiid had 24 in the first quarter, 34 in the first half, 59 through three quarters, and ended up with 70. Uh, For those who don't pay attention to the NBA, and I know many of you don't, he is the reigning MVP um, last year, taking that award away from Nikola Jokic, earned it. Don't I'm not saying took it away from him, but Jokic had been the MVP uh, previously. Um, if you're wondering, and I was, um, I, I was wondering, and I wasn't entirely sure. I had almost forgotten that Bradley Beal had actually tied Gilbert Arenas for the most points in Wizards Bullets team history. 60 is the franchise record here in Washington. Gilbert did it in a classic overtime game back in 2006 in in Los Angeles against the Lakers. It was an incredible performance. It was an overtime game, and he played 49 minutes in that game, went 17 of 32 uh, from the floor, 5 of 12 Um, from behind the arc. But Bradley Beal, just a few years ago, January in 2021, at Philadelphia went for 60 to tie Gilbert's mark. He did it in 38 minutes. Um, Other than that, if you take away the 56 that Earl Monroe had playing for the Baltimore Bullets, in terms of the most points by Washington Bullets or Wizards. Beal had 55 um, in 2020 against Milwaukee. Gill had 54 in 2006 against Phoenix. And Bradley Beal had 53 in 2020 against uh, Chicago. Um, Bradley Beal is on this list uh, with uh, six games of 50 or more points, which is a franchise record. Uh, Bradley Beal also, just to uh, give you an update, because he was hurt early in the season playing for Phoenix, and it looked like it was going to be one of those injury-riddled seasons uh, for Beal, and that the trade for Beal um, was looking like you know a really good one. And would he ever be the same? Would he ever be healthy enough at 30 years old? Would he be a significant contributor? Did Phoenix really have, with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Booker and Bradley Beal, a big three capable of winning an NBA title? Well, Beal is healthy now, if you haven't been paying attention. And he has gone off recently. Durant had 43 last night. Uh, Beal had just 18, but in the month of January, Bradley Beal's averaging 20 points a game, second best on the team. He's shooting over 52% from the floor, over 38% from behind the arc, and he is playing excellent basketball uh, for Phoenix. And he's exactly where he should be as like the number two or number three guy, and he's really the number three guy in Phoenix. Uh, But in a recent game against Sacramento, um, not against Sacramento, excuse me, in a recent game against uh, the Lakers, Beal went for 37 points uh, in uh, just 32 minutes. 
and it was a you know Beal 37, Booker 31, Durant 18. And the Suns now have won uh, six games in a row after winning last night, and Beal has been a big part of their resurgence, if you care. Um, I do uh, in terms of just p- paying attention to what you know his career turns into after he left. By the way, there was another incredible performance last night in the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns scored a Minnesota franchise record 62 points last night. Uh, they lost to Charlotte. They were up 18 in the fourth quarter and lost the game. He had 44 points. Carl Anthony Towns did in the first half, but managed on his 62 point night, had 58 through three quarters, just four points on a two for 10 shooting in the fourth quarter, but broke his own record, which was 60 before and had 62. So last night was the first night in a long time where you had two scores go for 60 or more on the same day or same night. The first to ever do it was the famous season-ending night in 1978, the last regular season night as David Thompson and George Gervin were battling for the scoring title. Thompson went out and got 73 early in the evening. Gervin needed, I think it was like 59 to retain the scoring title, and he went out and got 63. The Iceman was on call for whatever number his coach needed from him that night. One of the great scorers in the history of the game. There is a documentary out. I think NBA TV did it. NBA, um, uh, the, the NBA TV channel did it. I have not seen it. Some of you told me it's a must-watch for anybody that was a George Gervin fan. But Gervin was one of those guys, if the coach said, we need 60 from you tonight, he'd get you 64. We need 40 from you tonight, he'd get you 48. We don't need that much from you. Just get us 27 tonight, he'd get you 33. He was an on-call scorer and one of the greats in the history of the game. And I love when young people like my sons say to me, Dad, you were a big Iceman fan. I watched his highlights. There's no way he could play today Um, because he was not overly athletic or explosive. It was more kind of DeMar DeRozan-like, but at a much higher level. Anyway, Joel Embiid, 70 last night. Wow, what a performance by him. All right, Mel Kuyper's mock draft is out. He's got Washington taking Jaden Daniels at number two overall. Denton and I have been talking about this since late October when Jaden Daniels wasn't even a first-round pick, or if he was a first-round pick, he was just emerging as a first-round pick. And we both said multiple times, starting sometime in mid-October, probably Denton, maybe even early October, by the time we get to April, this dude's going to be a top half, if not a top ten pick. And then at the end of the season, we said by the time we get to April, he might be one or two overall. Kuyper's got him going two overall to Washington. They will have their choice, more likely than not, of Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I'll tell you uh, and play for you what Mel Kuyper said about why 
Daniels to Washington at number two makes sense when we come back. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device. Learn more about vehicle theft prevention at mdautotheft.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, all right, all right. What do you got? So on yesterday's show and recapping the four divisional playoff games, uh, round playoff games from the weekend, we talked, you know, certainly at length about the absolutely bizarre finish to the Tampa Bay-Detroit game. Something that I don't think I mentioned on yesterday's show, uh, but Denton reminded me, it was shocking that Mike Tirico, who is just, I think, the best when it comes to really understanding these kinds of things during a football game, it totally went over his head. He missed it. Um, Collinsworth missed it. I don't expect, I didn't expect him to pick up on it, but Tirico shocked that he didn't pick up on it. Well, the fallout just kept getting worse for Todd Bowles. First of all, for those of you that believe that it was a graphic error on NBC and they did not have a timeout left, that's incorrect. They did have a timeout left. They were given back a timeout on a on an illegal uh, use of hands penalty against Detroit. Um, and that was um, a penalty that stopped the clock, and Bowles did not have to use a timeout on that. So he did have a timeout. Both coaches acknowledge that they had a timeout. But there is a new piece of information from all of this that I did not know. I wish I had looked it up yesterday. I didn't know. I just didn't care because, of course, Todd Bowles should have called a timeout with 36 seconds left and forced Dan Campbell's hand. Um, the piece of information that I didn't know is that Michael Badgley, the Detroit kicker, was a 38% career kicker from 47 yards out or longer. Oh, my God. He also, just from 40 and longer career, 
was only 68%. I mean, th- there was basically a 1 in 3 chance, if not a 2 in 3 chance, near 2 in 3 chance he was going to miss the kick. I mean, that makes it even worse, but it didn't matter because Todd Bowles in his press conference yesterday day after doubled down um on the uh on what he had said after the game on Sunday. After the game on Sunday, he said, quote, they had already had the field goal lined up and there would have been about 12 seconds left on the clock to end the ball game. We weren't going to come back from that. No sense to prolong the obvious, closed quote. Um, yeah, th- unfortunately, uh, there would have been 36 seconds left had he called the timeout after the third down, kneel down. Um, so on Monday, he just said, look, they were in field goal range. We, we, we'd have had 12 seconds after using that t- timeout to come back from it. Again, somebody not sharing with him what the actual time left on the clock would have been had they called the timeout right away. Um, meantime, Dan Campbell did admit completely botching the kneel-down situation at the end of the game. He said, quote, um, uh, Oh, there was one more quote from Bowles. Sorry, yesterday. One more quote from Bowles yesterday. You kind of know when the game is over, the game was over. That's just, I mean, how many games have we seen end in just absolute wacky, miraculous fashion over the years? That wouldn't have been the biggest miracle by a long shot. That wouldn't have been kick six, you know, Auburn, Alabama-ish. Um, but Campbell said, he goes, he knew he got away with a bungled end of game management. He said, yeah, look, quote, first of all, we didn't handle that whole thing well on our end. We should have bled it more than we did. I'll be the first to admit that. Admit that. That's on me. But yeah, we knew they had a timeout left and I could tell he wasn't going to call it. And so that's just, that's just how it ended. Closed quote. Just amazing that you play all season long and you're sitting there and you still, after the interception, because the other coach has messed it up, has given you this opportunity to still potentially win a playoff game to advance to the NFC title game. Long shot, yes, but still a shot. And you don't take it. But I didn't know uh, until... Uh, you know, there was a bunch, a lot of people yesterday in, you know, in the aftermath of that, researching everything about it. The Badgley information is fascinating. 38% career from 47 or longer. 68% career from 40 or longer. The kick would have been about a 48 49 yard kick. And I think that there is a possibility that Campbell would have punted it. Uh, with that length of kick and knowing that they now get to take over from their own 38-yard line with, say, 33 or 32 seconds left in the game, something like that, you know, it's very possible he would have punted it, uh, which is, you know, a a play that, you know, you would have taken up five, six seconds and then said, go the length of the field, down eight, make a two-point conversion. I think he would have kicked the field goal. 
I think you got to indoors, perfect weather, even though there had already been a missed 50-yarder by the Tampa kicker, kicker, unless you really didn't have faith in Badgley, and there's nothing career-wise that would give you that much faith in him in that particular spot. But I think you got to kick it there and just try to end the game there with an 11-point lead. But the possibility of him missing and then having multiple opportunities with 33 seconds, 32 seconds left, to, you know, worst case, take some shots at the end zone with Hail Marys. No, apparently Todd Bowles didn't want to have any part of it. And that's the part I would just say, because I've always been a Todd Bowles fan, and a lot of you who are Tampa fans have reached out to me recently to say, I've heard you say you're a Bowles fan. He's been horrible at clock and game management since he was a head, since he became a head coach. That's fair. I'm not watching every Tampa game and following every situation. I've just always loved him as a defensive mind and as a defensive coach and maybe that's why he shouldn't be a head coach doubling down though on that explanation and still not understanding that it wasn't 12 seconds it would have been 36 when you would have called the timeout is I'm not going to sit here and say it's a fireable offense but man as an owner how much confidence would you lose in your head coach when he was handed a lifeline and he just pushed it to the side, and then essentially tried to explain it in such an inaccurate way. It makes him sound completely clueless, and that would be troubling. Um, All right, Mel Kuyper's first mock draft of the year is out. I love Mel more than anybody else that does this. I'll always love Mel more than anybody else that does this. So he's got Chicago taking Caleb Williams, that it just makes too much sense to take a guy who now you reset the clock on the rookie deal, you know, you got four years, you got a fifth-year option with him, the talent, the ability, etc. He thinks they move on from fields and they take Caleb Williams, and then we get to number two. And he has Washington taking Jaden Daniels, quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, LSU, and here's what he said. ...player in this class and a very deserving number one overall pick. We're not going to give you the full 16 picks, Mel, but we will give you number two because things get interesting, my friend. The commanders take a quarterback, but might not be the one that America is thinking. Who you got? I'm going Jaden Daniels, a quarterback from LSU, formerly of Arizona State, who Herm Edwards, who recruited him. I said, give me a cop. He gave me Randall Cunningham, Herm did, who knows Jaden Daniels as well as anybody. Everybody says Lamar Jackson. He went with Randall Cunningham. You look at the uh, skill set field, the dual threat capabilities, and the fact that he was aggressive with his throws, aggressive running with the football, yet he didn't turn it over. And that's a tough tap dance to be able to throw 40 touchdowns, four picks only, don't turn it over, yet go out there and just let it rip field. And he would let it rip to Brian Thomas Jr. and Malik Neighbors. Malik Neighbors has a chance to be a really high pick. Brian Thomas Jr. has a chance to be a mid-first rounder. So he did have two great receivers to throw to. But you look at the improvement he showed this year. Look at the touchdowns. Way up, right? Completion percentage. It wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was outstanding in 2022. Okay? He did some great things at Arizona State before he came there. He put on a little weight. He was not about a 180, 185 any longer. So I think the fact that Jaden Daniels did what he needed to do this year in terms of adding weight to that frame, improving in all areas, to the point field where he went from a third, fourth, fifth round type of pick to a top 
five pick guaranteed, and I think the second pick overall. So when I look at, you mentioned the quarterbacks, okay? Mahomes extending things. Josh Allen being Superman out there. Lamar Jackson being unbelievable doing what he does, okay? Those types of quarterbacks that really, I think when you talk about threatening a defense, stressing a defense, you think you, ha you have a defense. You saw Spagnuolo on the sidelines when Josh made that remarkable play, touchdown pass to, to Shakir, okay? Uh, you know, he's just saying, I there's nothing else we can do. Just chalk it up to being a great quarterback, Josh. You're great, and Mahomes, you're great. The great ones make unbelievable plays, okay? Nobody else can. Jaden Daniels showed that capability. That's why I think the dual threat capability that he has, the ability to do things that very few can do, is the reason why I think he could go number two overall. And also the fact that Drake May, late in the year, the Virginia, NC State, missing open receivers, not as accurate and precise as he has been and could be in the NFL. So I still love Drake May. I don't think I, there's any doubt about that. He's going to go, I think, either two or three. But for Jaden, ride that momentum. Look at where he is as a player right now and look at the league and what those defenses really struggle against. That's a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. There you go. He's got Washington taking Jaden Daniels number two. Um, I do right now want to open up phone lines at 301-230-0980, and ask you uh, if Caleb Williams is gone, May or Daniels. Perhaps you want to trade back. I mean, perhaps you're still on the Sam Howell bandwagon, or you like McCarthy, Penix, Knicks, or somebody else, and you'd rather trade back, let somebody else come up and take May or Daniels, uh, perhaps get a boatload for trading back and go in a different direction. But phone lines are open, 301-230-0980. Kuyper has Washington taking Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Jaden Daniels. So, look, there is so much about this process that we just don't know as fans. Uh, we watch games. That's all we know. We can read about character and read about how they're, you know, received by teammates, etc. But it will be the job of Adam Peters and those that will be involved with Adam Peters, including that staff that will work for Adam Peters, which we haven't gotten a lot of, you know, information on. Something I'm going to ask Nikki about at 12 when she comes on with it, uh, and that is, you know, what's Martin Mayhew's role? How, you know, how much progress are they making on that end? Obviously, the head coach search is the number one priority. And by the way, that head coach that they hire, I would assume, will have an opinion. Um, you know, this idea that gen general manager picks the players, coach coaches the players, it's more than that. There is a collaborative process, which Adam Peters spoke to multiple times during his introductory uh, press conference. And so... Uh, Adam Peters and the head coach are pro are going to be on the same page as it relates to the quarterback. And so I wonder like what that means if Ben Johnson really is the true front runner. Ben Johnson doesn't have a Jaden Daniels quarterback that he's called plays for and designed an offense around in Detroit the last two years. Goff is not stylistically the same as Jaden Daniels. Now, I do think Jaden Daniels as a quarterback, uh, as an on-schedule, bootleg, play-action quarterback would be fabulous. Um, and I do think that there are qualities in watching him at LSU where a lot of the play-action and a lot of the boot and a lot of that stuff that they do with Jared Goff off of a running game that is a threat 
by the way, the weapons they have in Detroit. Let's not, you know, discount the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown is an elite receiver in the game. All right, this is something that I think maybe has just become something that people understand now. Um, but if you've been watching him here the last year and a half, two years, you understood that he was on the verge of becoming, you know, one of those top seven, top eight, top ten worst case elite receivers in the game. He also, this year, has a tight end that looks like he has a chance to be an elite tight end, not to mention a back in Jameer Gibbs, who is potentially an elite level back uh, in the league, and you could argue a top three offensive line in the league. They've done a very nice job, Detroit has, in roster construction. Um, And Ben Johnson's done a phenomenal job with Goff. But I wonder if it is Ben Johnson, does he want somebody that looks more like Goff, more mobile? And Drake May, by the way, is very mobile. Drake May can really run. He's got terrific vision. He's got great athleticism. He's a bigger, stronger dude than Jaden Daniels. For me... Just because I was mesmerized watching LSU this year, and I really wished uh, that Brian Kelly somehow had put together a better defensive college football team because they were hideously awful on defense. And it's the reason that they ended up losing three games. If they had had just a bad defense rather than an absolute horrific one, they would have been in the hunt for a national championship because it was the best offense I've seen in college football since the Burrow offense at LSU that particular year. It was different, though. It was so explosive. And it was so explosive because, yes, they do have NFL receivers on that team. And Malik Neighbors is going to be a very high draft choice. Brian Thomas has a chance to be a first-rounder as well. They had big-time, big-time athletes, um, you know, on that team. uh, And he had weapons. But Jaden Daniels, if you watched him this year, it was a highlight reel. Kuyper mentioned Randall Cunningham. I still think I see Lamar Jackson, but a better in-the-pocket, you know, sort of thrower that can hang in the pocket and make the throws. I think Lamar Jackson throws a great deep ball. Um, Jaden Daniels throws an incredible deep ball. I mean, he can really gun it. Uh, As a runner, he's Lamar. As a runner, he's Vic. As a runner, he's Randall from back in the day. The biggest concern I have with Daniels, and I've expressed it all year long, is that at 6'3 and a half, 6'4, 205, 210, it is a slight, if not skinny, build. And it looks a little bit breakable. He's not thick like Lamar Jackson is. Now, it's hard to tackle him. His feet and his speed and his quickness, the speed is one thing. Denton, is he a 4-3 guy? Don't you think Daniels is probably a 4-3 guy? He'll be close, certainly 4-4. I think it's his quickness, though, that's even more impressive. It is short space making people miss with quick, incredible moves. I mean, just breaking people's ankles in the open field. This is not Robert Griffin III. This is not a straight-line track athlete. 
who does not see anything peripherally. He sees everything. He's Vic when it comes to that. I think Vic, in terms of pure vision, in the pocket, outside the pocket as a runner, may be the best ever that we've ever seen. Steve Young, pretty damn close. Randall was great too. But I like Daniels without knowing a lot about the person, the leadership ability, the work ethic, all of the intangibles. I don't know anything uh, other than the guy. Li- you're going to like those. I've been talking to people for the I past know couple we weeks. Ha- you're going to like We them. had a guy on. You put you, you gave me a guy, right, that talked about him. What we did have, he say? We, 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 what Jaden is, Jaden is is kind of what we have not had a quarterback in, in the past. Great dude, big on family, not egotistical. You're going to like the personality stuff with Jaden Daniels. I, I don't I don't want I certainly I, I do, we don't need drama at the position, you know, uh, other than the drama that's created on the field. Um, I like Drake May. I love Caleb Williams as quarterbacks, but I don't know anything about these people. What do you guys want right now? We are one, two, three, four months away. No, three months away. What am I talking about? We are three months away from the NFL draft. Three months and a couple of days. Because it is the whole thing this year is the end of April. Three, Just over three months away. Kuiper says Daniels to Washington. What do you want them to do at number two overall? We'll probably do this call segment once or twice between now and late April. But... Off of the news that Kuyper's got Daniels at number two, do you like it? What would you do? 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, theteam980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Denton will give us his answer when we come back. Massive news this morning in the world of streaming. Netflix is breaking into the live streaming world. They signed a deal this morning with World Wrestling Entertainment to air Monday Night Raw starting in January of 2025. It'll be Netflix's first live streaming gig. It's a 10-year deal worth $500 million per year. In the NFL, Brian Johnson out as Eagles offensive coordinator, now an opening at the OC and DC in Philadelphia. The Titans announced they hired Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, son of Bill Callahan, as the team's next head coach. And that's what's trending. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. (laughs) 
301-230-0980. Mel Kuyper's first mock draft is out this morning. He's got Caleb Williams going number one overall to Chicago. He's got Jaden Daniels, the Heisman Trophy winner from LSU, going number two to Washington. Uh, Drake May does go next to New England at three. Um, If you're really wondering, as perhaps somebody that doesn't watch a lot of college football, what the real differences are between May and uh, and Daniels, uh, the I would tell you, you know, from observation, there's really no difference in arm strength. They both have NFL high level arm strength. They are both mobile. Uh, and elusive runners. Now, there's a big difference between Daniels and May. Daniels is an electric runner. He is Lamar Jackson, just not as powerful. Um, but in terms of speed and quickness and make people missability, uh, as good as you will see. Um, and he is a great deep ball thrower. We thought Penix at times watching him this year was the best deep ball thrower in college football. Daniels was right there. I mean, maybe just a tick behind. Um, uh, the one thing in watching May, May's a bigger, thicker dude for sure, but is also, again, uh, pretty elusive, uh, can definitely run. Um, I do think in many ways, and I don't want to compare him to Sam Howell, I was not a huge Sam Howell guy coming out, if you recall. It wasn't just his size. It was the decision-making a lot of the time. May's different physically altogether than Howell. Um, he's just a bigger you know, dude. Uh, but I, I felt sometimes, and who knows, maybe it's the Carolina you know, situation, although Longo wasn't his offensive coordinator. Um, he had a different offensive coordinator. I thought sometimes he held it a, a, a tad too long. He tried to play hero ball a bit too much. But I do like Daniels admittedly not knowing anything other than what we hear about the kind of people, leaders, work ethic kind of a things, you know, not knowing anything about the intangibles. I'd, I'd be thrilled with Daniels at two. Denton, what about you? I am in the same category as you. I'm a big Jaden Daniels guy, as most of our listeners know, ever since the the early October matchup against Missouri, where you could see him in real time, realize that he can't take keep taking risks with his body. I thought it was very impressive. So I'm a big Jaden Daniels guy, though I have uh, been watching some Drake May film, Kevin. There's certainly some things that I see watching him that I'm very, very impressed with. I think he has the, the highest floor uh, of the three with Caleb Williams, Jane Daniels, and May. I think May's floor is the highest, but there's something about Jane Daniels that brings a level of excitement that I don't think Drake May brings, and this town needs a level of excitement. So I'm with Jane Daniels. I think his best football of the season, and there were so many performances. I mean, the game against Florida was record-setting. You know, he threw for 372 and rushed for 234 yards. Let me just repeat that for those that didn't hear it clearly. Against Florida, he threw for 372 and three touchdowns, and he rushed for 234 yards and two touchdowns. He generated 608 yards himself in total offense. Florida was a bad defensive team, though, all year long. Horrible. The game, to me, that solidified it more than any other was the first half at Alabama 
when he rushed for over 100, threw for over 200, and then got hurt in the second half in a game that was just back and forth breathtaking for two and a half quarters. Um, I thought because what Alabama was in Tuscaloosa defensively, I actually think that first half that he had against Bama was I think the next day when I came in and I said to you, He's the best player in college football. I know he got hurt. I know they lost the game, but he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. All right, uh, 301-230-0980. Ace Law listener lines open. In a rec, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. Let's start with Greg in Gaithersburg. Kuiper has Washington taking Jaden Daniels at two. Are you okay with that, or would you do something else? Good morning, Kevin. Um, I'll be honest with you. For the last few weeks, listening to all these shows about who you're going to pick, I honestly would do something else. I would go offensive line. There are a lot of quarterbacks out there, and there are going to be more next year. I mean, this whole process is going to take a couple years, and I understand these guys are the elite cream of the crop. But with Jaden Daniels, if I t- I'd be worried about him just getting hurt. I think he's yeah. he's he's small and Drake may, if I was going to take a quarterback, that's how it would be. I think he's bigger and stronger. And, uh, but truthfully I'd go left tackle and get a couple good linemen and then see what quarterbacks are left in the field and bring them in. Cause I honestly don't think that Sam Howell had a, a real fair chance with the lousy offensive line we had. So that's my opinion. All right. Thanks Greg. I think the one, I mean, I disagree with you respectfully, but part of the reason I, dis- I, I disagree with you is when are they going to be in this position again? You know, the bottom line is the significant overwhelming majority of sustained winners in this league, meaning year in and year out contention over a five plus you know a year period or more, have high level quarterbacking, which typically comes from very high in the NFL draft. And I just don't know that they're going to be in this position uh, to have this opportunity again, and I would not pass on that opportunity. But you are correct. They have a lot of areas of need. And if they didn't like any of the quarterbacks, I'd have a bigger issue with them taking alignment at number two when they would have the opportunity to really leverage number two overall into a lot of of picks in return um, it, by moving down. I would not want a lineman taken at number two. Dale, Dale, go ahead. Uh, Kevin, without a doubt, the one thing I'd want to avoid is May from North Carolina. I don't know anything about him. He seems like you know a good guy, strong quarterback. There was a statistical study done by the University of Michigan State about six years ago that showed one of the things that really sticks with a quarterback from college into the pros is their completion percentage. May's completion percentage is below mean and below median for the top 100 uh, college quarterbacks at this point in time. He's just not very accurate. And I don't care if Jaden Daniels ever runs anything other than to save himself from being hit by somebody, but he has a 72.2% completion percentage. Old, old timey, you know, is how accurate is your quarterback? This is what's important to me. And he has, it. now I mean, 
you know, you you're a fan of Justin. What's the guy in Chicago's name? I'm Justin I'm, Fields. I'm up. Justin Fields. He was 32nd in the league his first year in completion percentage. 31st the next year and 30th. You know, it will take him to 2031 to get the completion percentage that we have with Sam Howell. This sticks with players is their completion percentage. Jaden Daniels was great, and I don't know anything about Bo Nix. I didn't get to see him play once. He's got a good completion percentage. Uh, That's how I go, and that's how I support it. You're going to get a lot of push from people that are pro-baby blue, but it's got to be Daniels at this point. Thank you. no, and I, I appreciate the call. Um, you know, accuracy is one of those things. I remember Mike Shanahan telling me a long time ago, uh, it's hard to significantly improve a quarterback or an inaccurate quarterback. You know, it's also hard to improve a quarterback that doesn't throw naturally with anticipation. You know, throwing guys open, which you have to do at the NFL level. The only thing I would say to you is, if you watched LSU this year, Receivers, because they were great receivers, were wide open a lot. So, uh, yes, he was at a 72.2% completion percentage this year. He was 68.6% in 2022. Um, Drake May's best completion percentage season, not counting the year in which he was a backup to Sam Howell, was 66.2% in 2022. I I watched a lot more LSU than I did North Carolina, but I I would bet you that weapons and perhaps even scheme had something to do with it. Now, they threw a lot of deep balls. Daniels threw a lot of deep balls, and not always to people who were wide open, but I'm telling you, you and I both watched a lot of LSU. How many of those crossers were just wide open? Wide open, easy pitching catches. Um, Do you have anything else on that, Denton, on that call? No, I mean, I understand where he's coming from. I do, I do think you are correct in the the discrepancy of talent. Now, UNC does have a wide receiver, Tez Walker, that's likely going to be drafted first round. So he had a guy, but he didn't come until about halfway through the season because right. of some weird NCAA thing. Yeah, that thing. NCAA thing. Yeah. Um, Stan. Stan's uh, calling from New Jersey. Stan, what's up? Hey, Kevin. How are you? Good, Stan. Does it really matter which one of these two or three we pick? Or, you know, I'm saying Daniels or May. Every time there's been a clear-cut number one the past 10 years, albeit Luck or Burrow, we get stuck with the two pick. How unlucky are we that Bryce Young was so terrible that the Bears got the pick? So it doesn't matter who we pick. Caleb Williams is the clear-cut number one. We're going to be stuck with the leftover, and you know what? You know how that's going to go with Washington. Well, C.J. Stroud worked uh, out pretty would, well in his rookie year at number two last year. Uh, he did, but guess what? They weren't a clear-cut number one. They were like a 1A, 1B type thing. Luck was a can't-miss. I think, I think Bryce Young was a clear number one. I don't think he was clear. Every time there's been the Burrow or Luck, we've been stuck with the two, and we get screwed, and this is the same situation. I, uh, again, I said it a couple weeks ago, I would do everything in our power to take Chicago's bad, bad contract along with giving them a boatload of picks to try to move up to number one and, and, and strike out with Caleb Williams if that's, if that's what's going to happen. Definitely not take a lineman, as you said. That, that's ridiculous. Just trade the pick back for, uh, for more. But I, I also have a theory with the NFL draft, and, and I, I'd like to see if you agree with this. Do you think these guys, Todd McShay, Kuyper, Jeremiah, Mike Mayock, if they hype a guy up enough, I'm not talking about a quarterback because we all have tape, 
But say you get like a running back, uh, say like the Chris Rodriguez situation or something. If you if you sit there and have those four guys immediately keep saying, you know what, I really like this guy, I really like this guy, or like a Sadiq Charles who's taken round four, something like that, say, oh, no, no, this guy's moving up my board. I really like him. I really like him. Do you think these NFL teams are that dumb that they actually agree with these guys and they're like, man, we better take Charles here in the second round? Stan. He's got a fourth-round grade on her. Stan, I, I'm I telling you. Charlie they- Casserly admitted that they they used a lot of these guys. Now, not for what you're describing, although I think a lot of teams have in the past, not as much anymore, but they definitely paid attention because they learned a lot about what other teams were thinking. Now, that's different from what you're describing. You're describing a team that literally gets talked in to, 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 to valuing a guy higher because mock drafters have valued them higher. I think that probably took place a lot back you know, years ago, less so now. It's more about the information about what teams are going to do that they use the Kuipers and the McShays, et cetera, for. That, that's my guess. Um, let me just mention one other thing to you, Stan. I don't think it's a lock that Caleb Williams goes number one to Chicago. I think we got a lot of action here between now and the end of April. Um, and so it's possible that number two might be enough to get the guy that you want. Paulie, Paulie, go ahead. Big guy, how you doing, man? Hell to the W. What's up, big fella? Hey, not much, man. Look, we kind of discussed, you know, just before. I'm, I'm with that last caller, man. You know, like I said, Caleb Williams, go get him. But I'm gonna be coachable, you know. So we we sit in that number two. I don't know, man. It, I might be completely wrong about this, but I think I got a good eye for stuff. Jaden Daniels, man, he seemed kind of skittish in the pocket to me, man, and. I don't know if it's because he don't want to take a hit or he knows his best attribute is his feet, you know. So I need a quarterback. I don't need a a receiver playing quarterback. You know, you compare him to Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson has the body of a running back. Uh, I I agree. I agree. You know, so – and and I've been watching this Drake May guy lately, man, and he checks all the boxes for me, man. Like, if I had to give him a comp, uh, right now, I would call him a, a poor man, Josh Allen. You know, so I want a quarterback, man. I don't, I don't want an athlete that's playing quarterback, or you know, what I mean, uh, like I said, a receiver at quarterback. I think the pick there at two is Drake May. Now, Can, like I said, I could be completely wrong. About no, no, no. Games, I, I, I think your observation, because I do think that you have a really, you know, good sense for this always. You know, in thinking about him, I don't think you're wrong at LSU that it was, you know, probably one read, two reads, and then let's go off schedule. Um, I don't know that it was skittish. I don't think it was skittish. I think it was just it. It was something that worked to their advantage to have him. You know, one isn't there, two isn't there, now go make a play because he made a play, you know, 90% of the time. I think it's a really good observation. Like, I'd like to go back and watch how many times he went through more than two reads. It doesn't mean that he can't do it. It may have just been what Brian Kelly wanted. But I think that's a really sharp observation. And thinking about as you were describing that, I'm like, yeah, he did that. It, it wasn't skittish. It was more, I'm comfortable getting through one and two, and if it's not there, you know, running 75 yards for a touchdown. 
Yeah. Hey, I, I always got the feeling that he's ready to run. Yes, I agree with that. Play or ready to make a pass. Yeah. I just always got the feeling that he's – how many times have you seen him make a pass with a, a linebacker on his back or, or, you know what I mean, or, 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 or a defensive lineman coming straight up the middle and giving him a hit in his chest? He's oh, he has a quick release on some of those, but you're right. I Look, it, it, always, as always, and you, you make really good points. Paulie always does, um, even when I disagree with him. Uh, all right, up next, Nate Davis from USA Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 